Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 20. I'm Nicole. And I'm Single White Medusa. And we are back, and we have overcome our recording problems. Yes. We were having some serious issues. Uh, we actually recorded two or three podcasts this weekend, and every time Stack failed to, uh, d- to, to deliver. Um, and these were like, we're trying to finish up the... Uh, the deep dive that we're doing on Gates and Epstein. And so we would record it and then 40 minutes of it would just go right down the hole. That was frustrating. Yeah. So we bought an MP3 recorder app and that will be how we will be recording today's podcast. We'll see if that works out for the future, but you know, fear not, we are back. We had a pretty good weekend. We're busy this week. We're going to run around. We're going to jump over to Vegas. We're going to see some friends that are coming into town and then we're going to go up to NorCal. So it's kind of like vacation week, except it certainly has gotten busy. Yeah, it's kind of the busy, get all our visits in, uh, get a lot of errands done that we need to do. Kind of like the busy get stuff done week. See people. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Eat good food. Yeah. All right. Drink a lot of coffee. Definitely. Uh, I got a great ball cap today from uh, Ted Lehman. Um, who's a big supporter of the Forgotten Ruin books and has the B meter than it uh, skull stacker logo and it is all made out of all leather and it is absolutely beautiful. I think it's so cool. I think I'm going to hit Ted up and ask him if he will construct for me uh, a uh, Ruin Ranger level worthy messenger bag, um, probably with a holster for uh, a long slide I want to buy so that I can kind of carry that around. Or possibly a uh, Taurus Raging Hunter uh, revolver and 44 Magnum that I'm looking at. That would be kind of fun. But we're back to the deep dive uh, this afternoon, which is Gates and Epstein. I don't know why I suddenly stuttered on that. Like episode. Episode of (laughs) Epstein. Epstein. And uh, we're finishing it up. And and so uh, we're going to pick up, this will be part three. And we're just going to go through that article. And I think, like, you know, with things coming to a head with Fauci, with it's clear that this is a bioengineered virus, uh, the connections between all of these people are amazing. And I think I think it's pretty stunning stuff. And I think that this is stuff that we're all going to need to know going forward mm-hmm. because I think we, the American people, and not the government, are going to need to make some decisions. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Shall I begin? I would. Our final part here. All right. It is worth asking if Epstein managed to arrange such meetings with other individuals who also coveted Nobel Prizes, and if any such individuals later received those prizes. If Epstein had such connections, it is unlikely that he would use them only once in the case of Bill Gates, given the vastness of his network, particularly in the tech and science worlds. The year 2013 is also when Bill and Melinda Gates together met with Epstein at his New York residence, after which Melinda allegedly began asking her soon-to-be ex-husband to distance himself from Epstein. While the stated reason for this in the wake of the Gates divorce announcement was that Melinda was put off by Epstein's past and his persona, it could potentially be related to other concerns about Melinda's reputation and that of the foundation that shares her name. See, I think that's a big point because I think they try to sell you with the 2014 meeting that somehow that's when she figured out Epstein was a bad guy. And, like, you know, she saw some sort of really gauche velvet Elvis hanging on his sex dungeon 
and said, oh, Bill, you cannot, uh, you cannot be associating with this man. But you're going to see that there's actually some connective tissue between other people that, sh that show that Melinda Gates had to have been more than well aware of who Jeffrey Epstein was. And that this is not about what it's, you know, again, what it's about is never what it's about. You've got to learn to read these articles. Um, you've got to be, learn to read between the lines because everything that they're telling you is not true. So you have to see what they're not telling you and then that's what's true. Exactly. Indeed, 2013 was also the year that the Gates Mansion systems engineer Rick Allen Jones began to be investigated by Seattle police for his child porn and child rape collection, which contained over 6,000 images and videos. So let, let me just say well, right there, the guy who is running Bill Gates' house from an IT perspective, Bill Gates is surrounded by, you know, operator level security there there i'm sure there are more than enough credible death threats on him he also has that level of wealth that you know kidnapping is a bare, very big worldwide endeavor so anybody who gets near bill gates has to be vetted on some level and suddenly you're telling me that um that you can have someone who's up to these activities yeah um it, it, no i'm not buying it I, i'm not buying that you know that well, let's see what happens to the guy, and let's see if you buy it, too. Exactly. Despite the gravity of his crime, when Jones was arrested at the Gates Mansion a year later, he was not jailed after his arrest, but was merely ordered, quote, to stay away from children, according what? to local media. Reports. Not jailed? I But know. if you had done that, Nicole, you, <laughs> yeah, right. single white Medusa, you and your child porn collection, oh, you terrible. would be in the deepest, darkest federal penitentiary ever. Exactly. And you would be a scum and a pariah. You, The judge wouldn't just be giving you a slap. So we yeah. know that Gates somehow influenced that. Yep. Um, he wasn't abhorred by it. He wasn't shocked by it. In fact, he mitigated it. Yeah. So that seems like conspiracy, collusion, you know, all those fun uh, little boy on MSNBC Maddow words, you know, about... Not to be like yeah. super conspiracy theory, and I don't sure. know if this is possible. It just occurred to me, but what if it was Gates's collection and this guy took the fall for him and probably. that was like part it was, of the deal, like I'll give you it, it, out of it, I'll pay you a bunch of money. I would bet that... Uh, if you're if you're a systems engineer and you know about the internet and you're working for a guy that many people erroneously believe invented the internet, why would you do something that dumb? Yeah. <laughs> no, instead it it got caught. Hackers found it, reported it to the FBI, because of course they would be attempting always to hack Bill Gates. Reported it to the reported found the server that he probably thought he was clever enough to hide. Which, according to people who I know that are in the world of computer design and things like that and software design, they actually will tell you Gates is not a genius-level coder or developer. Um, he's more of a very savvy businessman. Um, so uh, it probably was discovered, and the IT guy said, well, yeah, for you know goods and prizes for the rest of my life, um, and, and Bill Gates can make those goods and prizes happen. I'll take the fall. I'll take the hit on this. And, mm -hmm. you know, you'll do everything you can to get me out of it. And if you don't, I'll make sure to out you. So, yeah, I, I, I if I if you gave me $100,000 to bet today on which way, who was, I would probably bet that it was Gates's collection. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not crazy. Good. There's a pause button on this. Oh. On this. 
on this <laughs> MP3 like, recorder. And so now that I'm pulling up to the Starbucks and I can feel your tension, like, but we're doing the show. I have a pause button now. That is awesome. And and as soon as I get my drink, I can pause it. This is amazing. This, this is high tech. This is this a is, future I want to live in. All right, here we go. Pausing for coffee. Hold on. You won't even know. All right. And now we're back with that coffee. I hope you enjoyed the break as much as we are. <laughs> okay. From Melinda's perspective, this scandal combined with Bill Gates' growing association with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein may have posed a threat to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's reputation well before Epstein's 2019 arrest. 2013 was also the year that the Maxwells became involved in the Clinton Foundation. That year, Ghislaine Maxwell's Terra Mar project, which officially supported UN Sustainable Development Goals as they relate to the world's oceans, made a $1.25 million commitment to the Clinton Global Initiative as part of an effort to form a sustainable oceans alliance. You ever notice how they all have to have these initiatives that really don't do anything? Exactly. Um, but the money's moved around. You know that. Mm -hmm. And, and there, there's always a lot of giving. And then there's a lot of opportunities. And then everybody feels good about it and everything like that. But here's what I'm going to guess. This is some sort of weird payola thing mm -hmm. where money gets moved around and people get paid for stuff. And this is how it's done. Yeah. But is anybody out there in a boat with a little plastic boom picking up scum off the ocean? Not no. one. Not one person as a result of this is doing that. Yeah. Pretty sure. This is all scumbaggery of the highest order. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then Tara Marr shut down shortly after Epstein's well, 2019 pay, the arrest. the payouts had been done. Exactly. <laughs> Notably, Ghislaine's Tara Marr project was in many ways the successor to Isabel Maxwell's failed Blue World Alliance, which was also ostensibly focused on the world's oceans. Blue World Alliance was set up by Isabel and her now-deceased husband, Al Seckel, who had hosted a, quote, scientific conference on Epstein's Island. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's what was going yeah, on there. Yeah, they, were, they were conferencing. <laughs> yeah. Science. They were doing that science. man over there is conferencing that 17-year-old girl. <clears throat> the Blue World Alliance also went under the name Global Solver Foundation, and Xavier Molina, Christine Maxwell's son, was listed as Global Solver's liaison to the Clinton Foundation. He was previously an intern at the Clinton Global Initiative. Molina later worked in the Obama administration at the Office of White House Personnel. He now works for Google. So let's just track his career. Just so let's yeah. let's play the bouncing ball of Mr. Molina's career. We start off with Ghislaine uh, at this fake thing. We go over to Bill Clinton. Then we go to Barack Obama. Then we go to Google. Huh. So at the core of this person's, the beginning of this person's future, upon which all these later jobs, if we stand follow the standard resume success format, begins with Epstein. And somehow it takes him through two former presidents and lands him at Google. So if he's working his way upward, what does that tell you? It tells you that presidents are working for Google and that these presidents knew exactly who Jeffrey Epstein was, mm -hmm. specifically Clinton, which is established, yeah. and Obama, which, you know, the thing about Obama is the silence is deafening on Obama. It's amazing how clean that guy is. In fact, mm -hmm. my guess is he's so clean, he's actually really dirty. Mm. How would, like, can you explain how that would work? Just no one's that clean. Yeah. No, so. And so, and so if, 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 if 
if if you like it's like when you're doing intelligence if you look on a map and there's nothing going on there chances are something's going on there and you should go there and find out oh okay interesting yeah it is also worth noting that during this same period isabel maxwell's son Alexander Gerasi was chief of staff at the Bureau of Near Eastern Affairs in the Hillary Clinton-run State Department. And now we have a new heading, Gates Science and Epstein Science. While the Gates Foundation and the Clinton Foundation intermingled and the latter had ties to Epstein and Maxwell, it also appears that Epstein had significant influence over two of the most prominent science advisors to Bill Gates over the last 15 years, Melanie Walker and Boris Nikolic. Melanie Walker, now a celebrated neurosurgeon, met Jeffrey Epstein in 1992, soon after she graduated from college, when he offered her a victorious secret modeling job. Such offers were often made by Epstein and his accomplices when recruiting women into his operation, and it is unclear if Walker ever actually worked as a model for the Leslie Wexner-owned company. So this girl is going to rise through the ranks, and you're going to be amazed at where she goes. But let's start off with, right out of college, or in college... Uh, gets offered major modeling contract by by creepy dude. Now Epstein did have ties to Victoria's Secret. That's where Leslie Wexner's fortune fortune comes from. So watch what happens next as they try to sell this chick as some sort of uh, cutting edge neurosurgeon who will probably never ever do neurosurgery ever in her life, but will move up through the ranks faster and higher than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. She then stayed at a New York apartment building associated with Epstein's trafficking operations during visits to New York, but it is unclear how long she stayed there or at other Epstein-owned properties. Yeah. Chances are she had to pay one dime for that. Mm, 0.0. <laughs> Chances that she had to do stuff for it, 100%. Because <laughs> exactly. when I was a kid, uh, I, I took a college class while I was still in high school, and uh, the first college class I took was macroeconomics. And there was this old guy up there, and he was doing a double overhead. And I hate macroeconomics. I hate economics. I'm not really big into business. But I remember the first thing I ever learned in college, and it was this. There is no such thing as a free lunch. So, no, she wasn't getting there to stay there out of the goodness of Jeffrey Epstein's heart. No, that's for sure. After she graduated from medical school in 1998, she became Epstein's science advisor science! for at least a year. Huh, okay. Yeah, right out of college, <laughs> science advisor. Yeah. <laughs> By 1999, she had grown so close to Prince Andrew that she attended a Windsor Castle birthday celebration hosted by the Queen, along with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Ugh. During this period, Melanie appears on Epstein's flight logs under her birth name, Melanie Starnes, though it looks like starves on the flight logs. Yeah. The close relationship between Prince Andrew and Melanie Walker came under scrutiny after Epstein's former housekeeper at the Zorro Ranch property, Deirdre Stratton, stated in an interview that Prince Andrew had been, quote, given a, quote, beautiful young neurosurgeon while he stayed at Epstein's New Mexico property. Given that only one neurosurgeon was both close to Prince Andrew and a part of Epstein's entourage at the time, it seems highly likely that this woman gifted to Andrew was Melanie Walker. You know, I'm disinclined oftentimes to give the royal family uh, a bad time because I've watched The Crown, you know, and, and, and you think that they're all kind of, you know, normal people and everything like that. But then you remember that The Crown is made by Netflix and that Netflix is all in for Obama and just willy-nilly gives him tons of money and he doesn't produce anything. Mm-hmm. And that The Crown is as agenda-laden in, in leftist politics as you can possibly be. 
And here you have one of their members being, quote-unquote, given a young girl. Like slavery. Not like slavery. Let's call it slavery. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm less inclined to think well of the royal family. Because obviously that kind of behavior is, is norm. It's not a social or whatever. These are not all of the the royal family. At some point, have been a lot of the males have been involved in these things. This is not an isolated incident. Hmm. So wow. uh, you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's a pattern, there's a behavior. Yeah, exactly. According to Stratton, Andrew quote kept company with this woman for three days. The arrangement was set up by Epstein, who was not at the property at the time. The exact timing of this day is uncertain, but it likely took place between 1999 and 2001. Stratton said the following about the stay. Quote, At the time, Jeffrey had this... She supposedly was a neurosurgeon. <laughs> she supposedly was yeah. a neurosurgeon. Even the maid wasn't buying it, buying it. You know, when she watched her stick the same contact lens into the same eye, you know, she knew that this one wasn't working with both hands mentally. <laughs> She supposedly was a neurosurgeon, quite young, beautiful, young and brilliant, and she stayed in the home with him. At one point, we had all these different teas, and you could pick the teas that you wanted, and she asked me to find the one that would make Andrew more horny. I'm guessing she understood her job was to entertain him, because I guess the fear, I don't know, the fear would be that Andrew would say, no, I didn't really find her that attractive. He would tell Jeffrey that, and then she would be on the ropes. I'm Here's guess- a funny thing to consider. Okay, uh-huh. so she's a quote-unquote brilliant neuroscientist, uh-huh. meaning she has an understanding of brain chemistry and how the brain works. And most people would tell you that eroticism and lust operate inside the brain. That's where it begins. So here is a person that needs uh, the juju of essential oils, uh-huh. uh, erotic teas, to stimulate a, a man to to want to have sex with her um she understands nothing about the mind or even anything like that but isn't that what we're told she's brilliant about what's yeah. so brilliant about her that is a good apparently point. she needs essential oils to to do the magic of science yeah <laughs> and then the, uh, the quote goes on to say i'm guessing that another theory is that jeffrey probably had her on retainer and she knew what her job would be should be to make these people happy Sex was all they thought about. I mean, I know for sure that Jeffrey would ideally like three massages a day. And that's the end of her quote. Sometime later, Walker moved to Seattle and began living with then-Microsoft executive Steven Sanofsky, who now serves as a board partner at the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. So we'll follow her now from Epstein to Microsoft, keeping in mind that Melinda didn't know anything about Epstein before 2014. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get there. And but, that Gates only met him in 2011. And that Gates only met him in 2011 for lunch one time. Mm-hmm. Andreessen Horowitz notably backs Carbine 911, the Israel intelligence-linked pre-crime startup funded by Epstein and his close associate, former Prime Minister of Israel, Ehud Barak, as well as another Israeli intelligence-linked tech company led by Barak called Toka. Toka recently won contracts with the governments of Moldova, Nigeria, and Ghana through the World Bank, where Melanie Walker is currently a director, huh? Yeah. And a former special advisor to its president. It's unclear when, how, and under what circumstances Walker met Sanofsky. She apparently is really good at advising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Epstein's influence on the Gates Foundation. After moving to Seattle to be with Sanofsky and after a brief stint as a, quote, practitioner in the developing world, quote, 
in China with the World Health Organization, yeah. Yeah. Walker was hired as a senior program officer by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in 2006. Oh, that's so weird because they didn't even meet her until 2011 and yeah, slash 14. Exactly. What was she doing with the Chinese? Ex- extracting Uyghur brains? Probably. You know, because the Chinese do that. They actually harvest body parts from living people, mainly minorities that they don't like, and they sell those to Saudi Arabia for medical tourism. Yep. The Chinese really are the living embodiment of monsters you should know that yeah exactly to be to clarify the ccp not like people of chinese descent that that live here i'm not playing the good german game well i'm sure there's if you don't if you if you if you don't want to be lumped in with the nazis then do something about it yeah otherwise stop making money and profiteering yeah. You can throw a wrench in the machinery. You can revolt. You can do stuff. Otherwise, you're going down in history with some of the biggest mass murderers in history. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Given that the main feature of Walker's resume at the time was having been a science advisor to another wealthy philanthropist, Jeffrey Epstein, her hire by the Gates Foundation for this critical role further underscores how Bill Gates, at the very least, not only knew who Epstein was, but knew enough about his scientific interests and investments to want to hire Walker. Walker went on to become Deputy Director for Global Development, as well as a Deputy Director of Special Initiatives at the Foundation. According to the Rockefeller Foundation, where she's a fellow, wow, Walker later advised Gates on issues pertaining to neurotechnology and brain science for Gates' secretive company, BGC3, which Gates originally registered as a think tank under the name Carillon Holdings. So so she, she advised Gates. She was advising Epstein. So read into that whatever you will, but that's pretty obvious. And she moved from Gates to Epstein, but we're told that they never have any kind of um, uh, connection, that it was just a random lunch. And then Melinda, three years later, is like, ah, I don't think you should have this friendship and everything like that, though it's clear that they were sharing this girl. Yeah, exactly. According to federal filings, BGC3's focus areas were, quote, scientific and technological services, industrial analysis and research, and design and development of computer hardware and software. During her time... These are, all, these are all, like, innocuous terms. Vague, vague, uh, Yeah, vague. And, I'll, and I'll bet you she... she if, if they ever let her do anything, it probably cost the company money. Yeah. But they had to let her do it so that, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, there were actual real dudes who knew what they were doing that were doing it, and, and this is all fluff. Yeah. And that's how you can always tell the left is involved, and it's a big con, and payola, and friendship, and, you know, sex for goods. Because it's always the innocuous terms that that slow-minded, low-info voters, like those who vote for the left, fall for and eat up as salty and sweet because they're meaningless. Exactly. During her time at the Gates Foundation, Walker introduced Boris Nikolic, Gates's science advisor, to Epstein. Today, Melanie Walker is the co-chair of the World Economic Forum's Global Future Council on Neurotechnology and Brain Science, having previously been named a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader. She also advises the World Health Organization, which is closely linked to Bill Gates's quote, philanthropy. So she's a global world leader because she hoarded up for Epstein, uh, the other guy at Microsoft, and then Bill Gates. And and she's really involved in hooking us all up to neuro stuff. And she's with the World Economic Forum, which, when you get into it, these are the people really, uh, right on their website, pushing the Great Reset, which is what? Everything is theirs, nothing is yours. You know what else is so perfect about this, I just realized? She's basically, it sounds like, 
a total phony scientist. So she, it's basically, though, they now have her to say whatever science stuff that they want said. Yeah. Isn't that perfect? The, like, le- the left say, was the worst thing that ever happened want. to science. And, and I know real scientists who say that. They're like, you know, we used to do real scientists, and now it's amazing the amount of science that agrees with the people who are funding it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the science that doesn't agree with it gets censored. No, that's bigotry. That's yeah. hate. That's hate science. Exactly. There's no room for hate science in science. No. At the World Economic Forum, Walker wrote an article in 2016 titled Healthcare in 2030, Goodbye Hospital, Hello Homespital, in which she discusses how wearable devices, brain-machine interfaces, and injectable-slash-swallowable robotic medicines will be the norm by 2030. So you're living in the pod, you're eating the bugs, and now they've got you hooked up to all this stuff. What do they need you for? If you're not working and producing anything, well, are they going to do that data storage thing with you? You know, yeah. where they, they, they turn you into data storage centers? Is it going to become like the Matrix? Because that's your really only viable use to them. No, what's going to happen is they're going to lure you into being useless, wait until everything is fully automated, and then with these biomedical machines of the future, they're going to turn you off. Yeah. If they could, they would, and if it they sounds could, like they'll they be able to, yeah. so they probably will. It was a brilliant woman who said, if they could, they would, so they did. If they could, they would, and they can, so they probably did. That's and that was single white, that is <laughs> single white Medusa's most known quote. <laughs> Years before COVID-19 and the Great Reset inspired efforts to change healthcare in just this way, Walker wrote that while the dystopian scenario she was painting, quote, sounds crazy, most of these technologies are either almost ready for prime time or in development, end quote. Of course, a lot of those technologies took shape thanks to the patronage of her former bosses, Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Gates. In the case of Boris Nikolic, after being introduced to Epstein through Walker, he attended a 2011 meeting with Gates and Epstein, where he was photographed alongside James Stalley, then a senior J.P. Morgan executive, and Larry Summers, former Secretary of the Treasury and a close Epstein associate. Nikolic was chief advisor for science and technology to Bill Gates at the time, advising both the Gates Foundation and BGC3. According to the mainstream narrative, this is supposed to be the first time that Gates and Epstein had ever met. In addition, this may have been when Epstein pitched the joint Gates Foundation-JP Morgan, quote, Global Health Charitable Fund. The mainstream narrative is whatever is being sold on your major news networks because those all are being manipulated by PR people to tell you that Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Gates only met this one time at a lunch and then Melinda Gates put a kibosh on that relationship three months ago. Mm-hmm. If you lived without any kind of deep dive or any kind of reporting, that is what you walk around believing. But you know what? This entire thing that we've gone through has shown you that that's all kind of a lie. Yep. In 2014, Nikolic quote, waxed enthusiastic about Epstein's supposed penchant for financial advice ahead of a public offering for a gene editing company that Nikolic had a $42 million stake in. Notably, both Nikolic and Epstein were clients of the same group of bankers at J.P. Morgan, with Bloomberg later reporting that Epstein regularly helped those bankers attract wealthy new clients. Gene editing is what they're doing with the vaccine right now. Yeah. In 2016, Nikolic co-founded Biomatics Capital, which invests in health-related companies at, quote, the convergence of genomics and digital data that are enabling the development of superior therapeutics, diagnostics, and delivery models. Nikolic founded Biomatics with Julie Sunderland, 
formerly the director of the Gates Foundation's Strategic Investment Fund. At least three of the companies backed by Biomatics, Kihon Biotech, eGenesis, and Aditas, were co-founded by George Church, a Harvard geneticist with deep ties to Epstein and also closely associated with the Edge Foundation. Biomatics investment in Kihon Biotech is no longer listed on the Biomatics website. Church's Kihon Biotech seeks to produce human tissues and organs inside pigs for transplantation into humans, while eGenesis seeks to genetically modify pig organs for use in humans. And Congress just voted on that down party lines with the Democrats absolutely passing that. It's it's monster Frankensteinian stuff, and they want it. Yeah. Not one Democrat voted against it. Nope. They always vote in lockstep for the worst possible things. Exactly. Aditas produces CRISPR gene editing medicines and is also backed by the Gates Foundation as well as Google Ventures. Church has been accused of promoting eugenics as well as unethical human experimentation. Epstein's significant interest in eugenics was made public after his death, and Bill Gates as well as his father William H. Gates II have also been linked to eugenics movements and ideas. After Epstein's death in 2019, it was revealed that Nikolic had been named the successor executor of Epstein's estate, further suggesting close ties to Epstein despite Nikolic's claims to the contrary. After details of Epstein's will were made public, Nikolic did not sign a form indicating his willingness to be executor and did not ultimately serve in that role. The Epstein cover-up continues. Despite the relatively abrupt shift in the mainstream media regarding what is acceptable to discuss regarding the Jeffrey Epstein-Bill Gates relationship, many of these same media outlets refuse to acknowledge much of the information contained in this investigative report. This is particularly true in the case of the Evening Standard article and Bill Gates's odd relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell's sister Isabel and ComTouch, the company Isabel previously led. The likely reason for the continued cover-up of the true extent of Epstein's ties to Gates has much more to do with Gates' company Microsoft than with Bill Gates himself. While it is now permissible to report on ties that discredit Gates' personal reputation, the information that could tie his relationship with Epstein and the Maxwells to Microsoft has been omitted. Permissible, you know, like, and I think what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there because pretty much the rest of the article is speculation, some interesting things. But, you know, that's that's where we wanted to end, is it's becoming clear that, you know, Gates is pulling his move, but they're still setting up a firewall of trying to protect Microsoft. And when you look at how Microsoft was invested with Robert Maxwell, with the spy software, the global initiatives that they're doing, what Epstein was all about with eugenics, the fact that Bill Gates and his dad were into eugenics, the fact that all of these people have circulated between these groups. It's like that Paul Revere thing that we were discussing. Like, if, if, if we could just have a data scientist lay this all out, we could get a pretty good picture of who's involved. Mm-hmm. We could do the same thing with the deep state, but it's weird that no one does that. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. I think that that was our deep dive. I think that the big takeaway from this lesson is whatever the mainstream is telling you is really just the advertising. And you've got to find these reporters who may not always be someone that you agree with, but it's good to read those articles and and read through them and read beyond them and read between the lines mm-hmm. and find out. And, and, and again, keeping track of all the balls in the air, you know, because in weird ways they all connect. 
But they're always trying to make you think that there are no connections, that everything is a coincidence, everything is a happenstance, and that way they can sell you someone like this girl who went through four organizations, Obama, Clinton, Google, Epstein, Microsoft, five organizations, and and we're told that there's no connections between these organizations. Well, obviously there's one, there's her. And, and she's becoming a, quote-unquote, world economic leader. Yeah, and don't forget her involvement with World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, Rockefeller Foundation, or Center, or whatever it was. Like, that's crazy. She's yeah. kind of, like, involved in all of these uh, groups that are into all this stuff right now. It's pretty yeah. crazy. You did great. I love your reading. So that's you. that's going to be the podcast. Uh, we're back on track now that we've got this MP3 recorder. It seems to really work. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing podcasts all week, even though we're up and running down the highways, but that's a great time to do it and keep talking about stuff. Make sure to uh, like and share this podcast. Um, if you want a copy of Strange Company signed, let me know. And uh, insiders get it for $40. People who are not insiders, members of The Hand, for the subscription $5 a month, it'll be $60. But it will be a collector's item. And plus keep, shipping. For plus shipping. Thing. Yeah. And keep in, keep in mind, you know, they're trying to delete everything on the internet. So it is a good idea to have some physical, whether it's mine or someone else's. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Um, talk about this in the comments. Let us know what you think. Um, feed us more information because we like the rabbit holes. I'm thinking of some Tiffany Dover stuff that I want to I wanna pursue. I want to see if we can find out if she's dead or alive. If we can come up with some strategies using the tools at hand to possibly find out if she is alive or dead. And I think we can use some common sense, common folk thinking to maybe get some data and maybe arrive at a conclusion I don't know, but I do love doing this podcast, and I do love talking to everybody out there, and I know Single White Medusa does too. I do. Let us know in the podcast. That is the podcast.